We get a lot of questions about where to buy things, what the best part for the job is, where and how to route those harnesses, and numerous other questions from Slip Angle listeners and readers of Tracktune.com. When it comes to safety gear, there are very serious questions answered. If you're like most of our listeners, and you have a car you race, track, or autocross, you should check out the best in the safety parts business, OG Racing. OG Racing's friendly staff are incredibly well-versed in the products and the installations of the parts they sell. They can assist you in not only purchasing the safety gear for your car, but also answering questions on installing and using them correctly. Helmets, suits, shoes, nets, and other safety gear aren't all they sell and support. They also carry a huge array of trackside gear and car parts. Everything from scales and fuel cells, gauges and battery chargers, and everything else in between. OG Racing carries all the brands you're looking for great prices on, and with over 25 years in the business, OG Racing is a name you can trust to sell you top quality parts and products at a great price. Check them out on the web at ogracing.com, or call them up at 1-800-934-9112. You should buy the most important parts of your car, the parts that keep you safe, from somewhere you can trust. Trust OG Racing. Again, that's www.ogracing.com or call 1-800-934-9112 and tell them Slip Angle sent you. We'll be like, hello, hello. We got questions, you got answers. Right. Yeah, you guys just ask questions. I know, I don't know. You should just keep them all yes, no answers. That's it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yes. Are you going to Pike's Peak this year? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to Slip Angle Show. I'm Austin Cabot. I'm Adam Jabay. What's up, buddy? What's going on, man? Talking on uh, on the microphones again, doing yep. podcasty stuff. Back on Skype. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm doing the first official show from my RV. So. Oh, really? So yeah. you're you're in your second living room. I'm in my fake house, uh, or yes. or the dog house when you piss Sarah off. Uh, uh, this place is. It's going to be nicer than my house when I'm done with it, so that's fine. Just give me more time to get it done if, she, if I piss her off and kick get kicked out. But so that that old saying of not being able to race your house, um, you might be I can turning race my that house upside down. Yeah, I can, I can. This, this thing would probably pull like two eighty sevens at Gingerman, like three twenty seven. It'd probably be the fastest house around Gingerman, though. It would. I don't think anybody's ever done that before. But. Well, I have slept in my truck, and that's down a minute fifty five. So that's, that's right. right. I remember seeing that video. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember making that video. We should. We should probably tell everybody who we're talking to. Yeah, we're talking to Cody from uh, Love Fab, a uh, long, long time buddy of mine. Um, we started hanging out at the racetrack in 2004, I think. So Yes, and then we did the original oh, Honda meets back. Uh, Before that. What, 2000, year 2000, I think. Yeah, 2000, 2001, uh, John Ballpark Zoo. When you guys were all uh, hard parkers? Yep, when we were hard parkers in the zoo. And then, and then we went and ran around the highways in Grand Rapids uh, thinking we were awesome. <laughs> we, were so not, we were not awesome. No, we were not. Hey man, you gotta start uh, co- somewhere. Yeah, it uh, it started in John Ballpark Zoo. So, 
Um, yeah, Cody uh, has a business and uh, he makes turbo things. Um, and he's also got a race car that a lot of people have seen. It's uh, the NV8 Pikes Peak race car. Um, you just got invited to Pikes Peak. Are we officially announcing that? Yes, um, we are officially announcing We are that, now. So. <laughs> well, yep. uh, the, the show's, uh, we, we can hold the show if the announcement <laughs> needs to be <laughs> needs to no. be held back. <laughs> we, we just, uh, we just, we just kind of publicly announced it today. So okay. uh, I, I haven't been on social media all day. Yeah, so. I was, I was at work and our marketing guy told me last week, he was like, oh, Cody got accepted. It's like, all right, be, sweet. Very, we're in. Very, very exciting. Yeah, well, last year we were not in, which was quite a surprise. So, uh, that also, also gave you a little bit of uh, of time to work on real life and finish the car some more. But yes, yeah, I met a Sarah of my own in that process, which was awesome. The Sarahs uh, are a pain in the butt, but sometimes they're cool. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're kind of slave drivers, eh? Yeah, I have a Sarah who's making me finish a basement right now, and I just redid the roof on the house, and I'm tired, and I don't want to do anything. Oh, I get to insulator garage. So I, I told her tonight that I was going to go work on the RV. The RV's in my building at work, and um, and so she's into that. I didn't tell oh. her that I was going to sit in it and record a podcast for about half of that time. <laughs> well, <that's... laughs> She'll find but out I did, later. I did work. No, she doesn't listen. She didn't get time for that. Uh, you guys have some Sarah is problems. Uh, Sarah is problems. They're very serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you uh, you've got the car. You drove it at a few of our events this year. Um, it's a two-frame chassis. Um, it, it kind of evolved from the 2012 Pikes Peak build that uh, that you took uh, to the race, and I was uh, I was on that team a little bit. Um, yeah, just yeah, a little you were bit. The, the, the main crew chief, basically, on that one. I don't know if I'd actually call myself the main crew chief. Jake Comiscus and Yukio Tiara did a lot of the fixing of the wings and gluing stuff back together, but I was there. Yeah, well, I did a lot of the crashing, so I was there. <laughs> you made it to the top, so that was a plus. Yeah, um, I think there were, how many people were there? Were there 11 in our class or 9 in our class? And then we finished. I don't remember now. I uh uh, pretty much everybody crashed or broke and then we it was it, it it was uh it, i was telling austin the other day that it's it was almost like too stressful to be fun because so many people crashed before you yeah. went up the hill you know oh, uh, yeah that was we were seeing that was year the Diamondback stuffed it at 100 and something miles an hour yeah like into the top mowed down all the trees the yeah left. i remember yeah. seeing that video that's ridiculous yeah, it was uh, it was a bit, a bit of a stressful race, was but that, uh, you made it to the top. So was that the same yeah. year Foley went off, or was that the year after? Yeah, that, that was, was the year. Yeah, that was the same year. That was, yeah. a, was that, that was the year. first year it was paved, right? Correct. Yeah, that's what I thought. So it basically ushered in a new generation of uh, people that would enter a new generation of cars. You know, before it was kind of a all-wheel drive only type thing, but yeah, a little uh, bit higher uh, ground clearance with uh, with with. Uh, gravel roads and stuff and now it's a bit more time attack-esque but so. with uh easy 12 to 14 inch undulations and 120 mile an hour brake zones so <laughs> i would say it's not yeah. anything it's still unique uh if yeah, anything very, very weird far, uh, far more dangerous than it was uh for the people who aren't familiar with the car you want to tell people about uh about the car that you've been building for a few years yeah basically uh, 2012 was the NSX, uh, did well. 2013, we kind of built a version of what is now presently the NV8. Um, and it 
was a tube chassis NSX, if you will, and that it used NSX suspension, but was tube chassis, uh, chassis, yeah. uh, that didn't go so well. We broke suspension, nearly died. There's videos. Just search Cody Loveland on YouTube. <laughs> Spun into a boulder and giant flames and stuff. Yeah. So, but luckily it survived. Most of the expensive stuff survived. So, um, had a kid in that time frame, and then, um, kind of stepped back to, you know, took a few years off bike speak to rebuild what I thought would be the best possible compromise for my budget and whatnot. Um, so tube chassis, twin turbo V8, um, last spring. So spring of 2016, we were able to get it running and testing. Um, it makes, I don't know, north of 800 wheel. It just spins on my dyno at 770 something. So in a ways, uh, in a ways 2000 pounds. So it's basically 900 horsepower to 900 kilograms. So, uh, um, yeah, one to one, one to one. And that's on junkyard engine. Uh, yeah, uh, it's a it's an LS uh, L- truck L- engine, right? LQ9, so iron oh, yeah. block, six liter. Wow. So, and, uh, and you've got a, a Porsche what G60 transmission on that? G5052. G- it's kind of okay. yeah, it's yeah, it's kind of been gone through. It's got steel synchros, uh, some billet guts. So, um, so what we're doing this year, we're going to try to get an aluminum block in there. I don't know that I'm going to go nuts on building it because. We essentially have 60 days to um, finish our sponsor deck and finish the car for testing. Um, any gearbox or any manufacturer is over 90 days just for the parts, let alone if yeah. you actually get the fit. So we're going to run the car with the with the Porsche gearbox. Um, so we're going to try to reduce the weight there um, with the aluminum block. You know, 800 horse is going to do fine. Um and then we've gone through and we're replacing all four corners um, with op, you know proper motorsports uprights, carbon brakes. Uh, HRE stepped up for new set of wheels. So we're, we're going to drop almost 100 pounds off the car, and that's rotational and unsprung. So Very cool. Be, wow. Uh, yeah, it'll, it'll, be, it'll be an improvement. So that's how we're going to start this year. I think we'll do okay. Um, uh, are you later. running the same basic aero package and everything that, uh, that's been developed so far? Uh, the car, as it's been seen publicly, is actually nowhere near the finished uh, the finished goal. I guess um, we Sebastian from Sauber, uh, Sebastian Lamar from Sauber F1. He's been constantly tweaking things. We have a package that's uh, CFD showing is making north of seven thousand pounds. So, oh. um, yeah, hence why we're redoing all of the suspension because we did yeah. have a last year and we weren't even on full full downforce yet so um the the first was that the first time you took it to it took it around gingerman at speed was that a honda meet two years ago or last year that would have been Uh, 2016 is the first time it saw any arrow um and like basically it just like had so much downforce that it bent things yes and i think it was (laughs) yeah yeah no it actually it broke a rocker off a chassis um chassis is what happened so um, not it, it, actually, it was a machine part that failed. So just we just saw more loads than what we calculated. So yeah, so much, so much downforce. It's ridiculous. And then actually, technically, we well, then we ran a hill climb in September locally, and we did pretty well there. Yeah, the, uh, the Empire, oh, yeah I remember seeing that Empire Hill climb. Yep, I just just kind of entered it for drive time, and ended up, ended up winning my class. Um, 
So we just kind of tossed the car in the trailer and then loaded up for PRI in December and got down to the show and found out one of the push rods was bent. I was like, oh, okay. So basically the car was uh, was a three-wheel push show car at PRI. Got <laughs> so. to fix all the uh, – well, with, with a car like this, you're developing, you know, especially with a limited budget. You're You're basically – and you're also running a business where you turbo NSXs and make crazy NSX parts all day with, you know, basically with you and a few buddies. Um, like you build high end stuff all day to pay the bills. And now you're building, you know, one of the higher end, uh, like you're building a wild Daytona prototype style car on a budget. So you're going to figure out things, you know, one way or the other. And, and um, yeah, and it, it, uh, you had it at our at our event in August at Road Atlanta. How did it do there? Uh, I did well, except that um, it actually <laughs> was the first time we were able to actually make some downforce in the front end. Uh, the front wing started to oscillate, and yeah. porpoise, I guess, is the technical term. Yeah. Uh, it ended up almost breaking off. Thankfully, it held on until I got in the pits. But So that uh, ended any chances of any real lap times there. But, it sure uh, looked cool going around turn one at, uh, at Road Atlanta, though. It did well. It did really well everywhere except for you know the straightaways. Um, that is what that, that's a long straightaway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if we end up going, you know, we'll be there this year to some capacity. But I, I anticipate we'll run out of gear well before the end of that thing. So. The uh, I was on the radio with uh, with I think we might have said this on the podcast because you were you were on for a few minutes while we recorded there, kind of like a party style oh, podcast was, with a bunch of guys. Yeah. Yeah, um, that was a that was a good yeah, time. I remember that. Uh, I think I, I think I might have said it on the show, but but over the radio, um, one of the quarter workers calls in. He says something like, uh, "That day, that blue Daytona prototype looking car, that wing is just wobbly wobbly." <laughs> <laughs> it's got shaking it's all to pieces. Yeah, that thing is shaking itself to pieces, or something like that. And what? And then the 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 lead, uh, um, I forget what her name was, Helen or something. Um, she was really good too. But she she calls she calls to me. She says, "Adam, what the fuck is that thing?" <laughs> <laughs> like, something well, to that effect. <laughs> like, I don't really know. <laughs> I said it's a Pikes Peak car, and she said, "Oh, that makes sense. It's one of them things." But, yes. Yes. Yeah. So but. What, uh, uh, yeah, it was really cool to see that thing at uh, at speed a little bit. Yeah, uh, a few times now, this year. You you headed out to shake down a little bit at our October event too. But the October event was the first successful. I mean, it ended up in a broken. Uh, actually, it wasn't really a broken axle, but we had a half shaft pull itself out, and uh, that end of the day there. But we had the uh, film crew there for that. So yeah, is uh, um, I, what was happening with that? Can you talk about that much or no? Uh, there is a documentary. Um, that's being shot. It's um, going to follow the build process through 2017. It's going to follow the journey through the peak through 2017. And then after that, it's going to air somewhere. We don't know where yet. Cool. Or I should, or I should say, I can't say where yet. So, okay. Uh, it's fun to hear about. Yeah, no, that, that's going to be pretty cool. Although funny story with that is they had me like work on stuff. Uh, during shooting to, you know, stage shots or whatever. Yeah. You know, someone, someone left a turbo feed line unhooked and sprayed oil all over the trailer. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I have to be cognizant of that when, when I, when it comes time to actually prep. <laughs> See, I thought you said yeah. for the, for the documentary, you're just going to grab the wrong tools and, you know, like those memes on, on Facebook. Yes. 
wrenches to do wood <laughs> yeah, bucks. You, you should have yeah, just done do, that. <laughs> just have the inch and five sixteenths wrench as you uh, as you show your cleavage very nicely on top of the on top of the car. <laughs> That's I should do that. Show my man yep. bush. My yeah, pin, pin up girl style. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, so you've got uh, effectively a few months to prep for the for for Pikes Peak. Uh, what is the order of business when you you know because you've only got you just got the okay and obviously been working right. on the car and it's a running car. Um, right. What do you all have to do to prep for the race? Well, at this point, uh, I've got more work than I can handle with my day job, so I have to clear the shop. So the next month will be spent doing that and spent uh, finishing up the sponsor deck. Um, so then roughly April 1st, we'll be digging back in hard with the actual car. Uh, by then, we'll start to have some of the newer parts trickle in, the new uprights. So I have to build all new, all new suspension. Um, so we're essentially hoping to have the car ready to test hardcore uh, May 1st. I'll probably be doing the initial test myself. And then once I know the car stops trying to kill me, uh, then we'll get Paul Gerard in, who is the actual driver, Paul Gerard. Um I decided to step back from driving because I've been doing nothing but building cars for the last five years. So yeah, we'll let a professional um, have his hand at it, and it'll help me develop the car better anyway. So yeah, he's got a lot of laps up the uh, or a lot of runs up the mountain too. Also, yeah, he ran it like 15 years ago as a racer, but he's he lives in Colorado and he's he's intimate with the mountain. He's done a lot of commercials, and he yeah, I'm not worried about him knowing the mountain. I mean, if I went yeah. up there, I'd be it's about myself relearning it. Yeah. Um, let, let alone the cars. I mean, frankly, it's above my skill level at this point, just because I haven't, I haven't driven it, nor have I really driven much else. So lately. Yeah. It so reminds the, me. Uh, oh, go ahead. Were, no, I was going to say, so, so the, uh, the, the prep work for the car, um, you said you're doing, uh, all new suspension and everything. What kind of stuff are you doing with that? Like, uh, stock car style stuff or. <clears throat> no, we're, um, uh, Palatov, um, who's actually a competitor, a fellow competitor, I'll say, um, he's working on some custom uprights, okay. uh, center, center lock wheels, um, to oh, match wow. each wheels. Yeah. It's legit stuff. Uh, and it is modular in that we can easily add our wheel drive later on. So oh, cool. That'll cool. be sweet. When I go, yeah. That's, that's the, that's the, that's the, the dream build, if you will. Because this thing with wheel drive, I, I think it would make most people pass out. So, <laughs> but um, all the all the G forces in all the directions, yeah. Yeah, yeah basically, you're going to be on full tire limit uh, any anywhere you try to go with the car. So, yeah. do you know what tires you're running yet? Um, we actually don't know yet. We have okay. several proposals out. Um, worst case, we'll end up buying some Avons or something for the actual. Uh, peak week we've got enough continentals to do all the shakedowns we need um you know for the early testing but i think with the, the magnitude of the program and what we have going for us i think we'll we'll end up netting a sponsor somewhere in there so. yeah how much uh, how much of your prep time uh, right now is being devoted to basically talking to potential sponsors and stuff is that that that's a obviously with a build like this that's a big part of you know how you build something like this without just dropping a quarter million dollars but uh is that big time hours yeah it is but basically i would say no i get to the shop about 7 30 and i 
I'm usually on proposals till 10 30, 11 every day. Oh, wow. Then I, then I can actually get some work done. Um, stop six or seven. And then, uh, I'm usually answering proposal stuff from you know, seven to nine. And then I try to get, get some sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then, uh, weekends are usually off either with my daughter, uh, Vera or with Sarah and her boys or both. Um, so going to try to have a little more balance than usual. Cause usually for me, it's just 18 hours every single day with this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I remember back in 2012, it was like, oh, my gosh, Cody's going to kill himself. This is right. this is uh, all he does is he doesn't even sleep. Uh, we had we had multiple all nighters just in the week within the week before the event. But uh, uh, it was it was kind of crazy. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you're being a little bit more measured by it because we're older now. But oh, I know we're older. We have families and things. So yeah, it was but, a little uh, easier before you had toddlers walking around and kids yes. and mortgages and uh, I don't we both had, yeah we both had mortgages then too <laughs> but yeah I know what you mean so um yeah so I you know I think it's kind of a relief in that we can't really get a gearbox in the car because it just lets us focus on only suspension which is almost everything with the car but yeah, uh, yeah. so that's kind of what we're gonna do we'll spend about a month rebuilding all the control arms and all that to match new stuff. And, uh, okay. we, t- we talk with Gingerman They're they're the let us on track pretty much whenever we need to outside of already existing events. So, yeah. Yeah. Mary and the team over there, a little bit of a support for you. So that's yes, now they're, uh, that, that's valuable. Cause that's, I mean, you know, yeah, you, you know, cost, you know what it costs to run a track. So even if it's only a few laps here and there to to figure out what's the next weak link, that's uh, that's way better than figuring it out into a you know into a tree on, on the hill. The you know? Yeah, yeah, been yeah. there, done that. <laughs> so uh, where yeah. where did the idea of running Pikes Peak come from? I mean, how did you get from from hanging out with Adam in a parking lot talking about cars to all the way to to running Pikes Peak and having some success there. I know <laughs> well, there's a lot, there's a lot in between, but yeah, not really. Basically. Yeah. We just converted to the track, started running on the track for years. And then I kind of discovered arrow on my own, which some of it was beautiful in its own way. I'll just say that. Um, car, I remember, car. I remember like in a 2000, 2010 or 11, um, one of the, the Wang Fest events that Mikey put on. Um, I remember you saying, yeah, I think I want to run Pikes Peak with an NSX. <laughs> and you had yep. built this crazy front splitter and wing setup. Yeah. And I would imagine it was around that time. That's when you first started talking to me about it. But Yep. That's kind of when I got the idea. Um, and then that fall I entered and I'm like, sure, bring it out. I was like, okay, I guess that's oh, cool. No. <laughs> and then I went nuts and did the crazy, you know, huge wings and all that stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, the first car that you ran in 2012 was an NSX. It was a, it was a, was it a three liter or three five? That was a three liter. Yeah, making like what 600 wheel or something like that. Um, I uh, on the dyno out there, I made 749. Oh, jeez, I forgot how high, how big of a big number that was. But, but, but um, I'm trying to remember. We we actually lost the engine on the way back down. Yeah, uh, it jumped jump timing on the way back down. Right? Yeah, one of the well, the, and it's actually kind of discovered since that it's a problem with those engines. Um, the intake cam was seizing up in the head, and it locked up on the way back down. It, yeah. it actually, it, we were able to you know drive the car back in the trailer and all that, but it was sounded like a two-stroke, so yeah. it wasn't wasn't happy. 
Yeah, the, it was. Uh, so. It was featured in what import import tuner magazine back then. Um, because uh, what's his face Lindbergh it. shot it. Yeah, that was Speed Hunters. He did the the E coverage. That was back, kind of at the dawn of all that. Um, as far as the E magazine stuff goes, because that was Speed yeah. Hunters, and then uh, D Sport, I believe, did a feature on it. Yeah, it was uh, uh, shot at uh, the Devil's Playground. I just found a picture of that on my phone in my Verizon cloud. And I, oh, yeah. it, it, that that was uh, that was a really fun afternoon because the, there was a thunderstorm rolling in across the mountain, and we like raced to get to the top of the hill, or to get to that parking lot area, basically. Um, yes, literally and, through hail and lightning. Literally. Yeah, and we unloaded, and the and the storm is like, but it's like a thousand feet away, but it's dry where we were. It was such a weird shot. Uh, what a cool afternoon it was. I think it had just blown over, and then so we had the backdrop of the storm rolling, rolling east from Pikes Peak over the. Yeah, plane. it looked fake in pictures. It looked like totally yeah, really, fake. Yeah. I was like, no, that that was legit. Yeah, so, it was it was such a cool shot, but that was cool. I remember that. Yeah. Um, what when is Pikes Peak this year? That's uh, June. Uh, June twenty fifth this year. Okay. So, uh, our order of events will finish testing throughout May. Do what we can uh, with time and budget. Yeah. Uh, we have to be out there June 3rd and June 4th for mountain testing. They call it tire testing, but you get to run certain sections of the mountain all weekend. Okay. Uh, so we're going to be doing that. Then we're going to come home, um, run Grid Life Midwest. Whether or not we're actually running depends on how well the, the, the tests go. Okay. But we'll be there. We'll be there. And then basically we leave kind of straight from Grid Life and head back to Colorado. Okay. So you're going to be there for about 10 or 15 days for the event, right? Yeah. I like to be out there at least a week before the, a week before race week. That way you get used to elevation and all that. Cause we're flatlanders. So, yeah. Yeah. My, my wife and I, and my brother and his wife, uh, we, we could only get like four days off. So we ran up there, uh, just for testing. And my wife, like, she lost her mind. She couldn't breathe. And like, she had like a mental breakdown that being up high like that will, uh, it'll change you if you, if you're not yeah, used to it. But. Yeah. It's hard. And for people that don't know, Pikes Peak starts at 9,400 feet and it finishes at 14,110, 115. Now they changed it. Yeah. Finishes with delicious donuts, but you can't breathe. So yes. Yeah. They have, they have EMTs on standby to give you oxygen. So. Yeah, yeah, it's such a, it's such a weird event. Um, I want to go personally. It, it, personally, it stresses me out, but you got to see it. Like you have to yeah. see it. I think you got to go, yeah. Austin. I think you should try and go this year too, Adam. We should try and go. It's right. It's right in the middle of all of our crazy events and stuff. But uh, that's what they make your plans for. Let's you run it remote. If uh, <laughs> it's not that far, it's like what fifteen hours from me. 12 hours for me, but, uh, it's 20 for me. So yeah, minus four. Well, you're, you're five, six for me. So yeah, it's about, about probably 15 hours for me in a, in a car, but, right. um, if, uh, if everything works out, I would like to drive out there and, and be of any assistance I could. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes for sure. Yeah. The, maybe, maybe I'm your good luck charm. You made it to the top when I was there. So. <laughs> yes. Well, there was, there was a, Another gentleman that always recommended eating licorice ahead of time in 2013. Really? It did not eat licorice. So really, yeah. So I will be eating licorice this year, <laughs> and, every, and the crew will be eating licorice. 
and we'll wear licorice headbands. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's a, I don't know. It, it's one of the longest running races in, uh, in North America. And I can imagine it's got its fair share of uh, superstitions tied to it at this point. But yeah, absolutely. Um, and I will say you probably felt felt it too, but it's there's something spiritual up there. I'm not sure what. There, uh, it really, it, it really like it's it's almost it's very overwhelming. Like when you guys yeah. left the line, um, it was like you, it was it was like I couldn't breathe for two minutes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I I had to sit down and just kind of relax and like. Uh, Jake was like out of his mind, uh, worried, <laughs> and my brother was like not talking. And Which, well, that's not really unnormal. No, that's not that. Yeah, that's not the strange. He doesn't say that much. But you know, I almost uh, came no, out I, that year. Jake, did you really? I yeah, Jake. Yeah, because I wasn't working at the time. So oh, Jake, that's right. Jake was you trying to get me. Jake. Yeah. So, but the yeah, thought J- the thought of riding to Colorado with Jake and a Mini Cooper just wasn't very appealing. That's not enough space, man. No. <laughs> no so Jake, I love Jake, Jake ended up being kind of the unsung hero of uh, of the fixing of the car the second time. He he uh, he he was just there and he just showed up and totally kicked ass. So. Yeah, well, I still I remember but, when you guys were on your way out. You stopped at the South Haven exit, and I was I was leaving Gingerman. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was leaving, that. and Jake called. He was like, "Hey, man, like we're gonna be passing by. Are you still at Gingerman?" It's like, yeah. yeah. So we met up at the Wendy's parking lot, and I got to take a peek <laughs> at the car, and it was great. So weird. Way out. Yeah, dude. The the other thing that's weird too, I, I guess you had met somebody either through like NSX Prime or, or something uh, named Tom Fuller. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that lives out there, and, and I actually knew Tom from a different forum unrelated to cars, and so oh, yeah, so like seeing the two of you guys connect. Uh, was was really really cool. Yeah, Actually, you guys are on the you guys are on the My Little Pony forums, right, Austin? <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Sweet. Yeah, or, or or the Polly Pocket forums. I can't remember. Oh, I get those two mixed up all yeah. the time. So from from my love of micro machines, I I moved over to. I to love micro machines. Yeah, dude. So, awesome. but yeah, so I thought that was was really cool, and I told Adam if we went out this year, I, I might be able to convince Tom to take us up in an airplane while we're there. Yeah. 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 Tom's a pilot now, and uh, he died. For people that don't know, Tom let me borrow his NSX for an entire week uh, in April of 2012 and basically beat the snot out of it at Pikes Peak. Yeah. Just drive up it was like a pre, pre-running. I mean, I, I was I pre-running. Was yeah. Yes. But it was it was in an NSX. It was cool to see the angles. And so that was really cool of him. Yeah, um, Tom's, Tom's to a great that. guy. Yes. So I just oh. I thought that was really funny when I when I found that out. That's so weird that that was. Yeah, I forgot that. Uh, I knew you. Had, I knew you pre ran it, but I, it's weird that it's the same guy that you knew, Austin. Yeah, actually, when but, I when I was out there and we drove up Pikes Peak, when I took Ferris' car up, I stayed at Tom's yeah. house, and and Tom's actually the one that drove up to the top of Pikes Peak with me and Matt Ferris' million mile Lexus. <laughs> so it's also hard to believe that a million mile and nine hundred and fifty thousand mile Lexus can get to the top of Pikes Peak without Dude, any it problems made at it, all. It made it just fine, man. Things to take. Yeah. yeah, no problem at all. I mean, I think it was probably like a thirty-five minute drive. It wasn't it wasn't no like ten minute, but oh yeah, they don't let you. They frown upon speeding. <laughs> Even then, yeah, I don't think I would have wanted to in that thing. Yeah, no. I mean, it's funny because. It, Every morning you're heading up for practice and stuff. You always see two or three cars that just tow trucks, you know, or tow pigs that just puke cooling all over the place because they just can't yeah. do it. Yeah, uh, we were seeing crazy exhaust gas temperatures on your uh, on your Cummins Dodge Ram, <laughs> just towing your little tra- and you had a little trailer then, um, yeah. towing that thing up there, and it's like holy crap! Like 
2000 degree EGTs or whatever. Yeah. Just it's, like to the wood wall. Cause there's, there's, there's no air. So yeah, yeah there's no air and it's, uh, it's, just, it's very steep in some spots. So uh, yeah, I, I need to check the rules. I we might have to rent a trailer out there cause I've got yeah, a 30, get, a, get a little flat bed or whatever. whatever. Yeah. Something like that. Or just drive the car up. So yeah, that might, true. that actually might be one thing we do is get it street legal this year. Um, <laughs> strictly for, no, I'm serious. Strictly for testing miles because be so awesome. three and a half hours away. Yeah. So, yeah, but how often? Miles, how often are you gonna have to stop for fuel? Uh, I mean, it should go to should go 200 miles. Oh. on the tank. Okay. So, I mean, it, I would assume highway. It's gonna do 20 miles per gallon, and it's 12 12 gallon tank. So, dude, if you if you if you bring that thing on the highway, that's gonna be like the biggest viral video you've ever made. You need to man. drive you it. Have to do that. You gotta take it to Woodward, man. Oh, I will. You gotta drive oh, I, it. I, I probably, probably take it to Woodward anyway. I don't yeah. care. That's the way to build your race budget. Just start shooting stupid videos. You racing Honda <laughs> Civics around Grand Rapids in Traverse City. Yeah. Well, that might that might have to happen. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, how, how did Cody get to get to Pikes Peak this year? Ah, uh, he just made a bunch of YouTube videos. They got like ten million hits. He raced all these. All yes. he's e-famous. He raced all these racers for pinks. Yeah, did you see that time? Did you see that time that he uh, that he raced that five zero Mustang? It was rad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a bad idea, man. Get get some plates on that thing. Kit car that thing up, man. Yeah, I will. I think I've got uh, enough. Speak, speaking of which, you are uh, you are willing to build more of these things for people? I hear. Yeah, that's kind of the the yeah, end goal is to build various different packages for people. Uh, whether it's the the new chassis version, which is nobody. Yeah. which is a ride to drive, I might say, because I have driven this without the body, and it's it's ridiculously fun. Um, or the full aero package, or anything in between, really. So, okay, with, we have a, uh, a spec big, spec V8 class. Well, there, there's basically no rules because that's kind of how I built the car. I mean, safety safety first, obviously, but um, I mean the the kind of power to weight ratio <clears throat> power to weight ratios that were reaching i don't think anything else even comes close even f1 is you know it's not quite there either so um i don't know it'd be interesting racing to watch that's for sure yeah with that especially with that level of downforce you it might be about as close to getting uh you know all power and no lift off the throttle no brake you know as you can get but yeah, no, that's that's the goal. If we if we got an all-wheel drive gearbox in here, which is again, it's the dream. Um, I mean, it's the, the thing would run seven second quarter miles pretty easily, and, and, and repeatedly. I mean, right now the thing's probably it'll probably run a nine second quarter as it sits, not flat, yeah. somewhere somewhere in the nines. Yeah. Uh, um, but all-wheel drive would just be be a monster. So. Oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. Someday, someday. You did, you did drag race it. You took, didn't you take it on eighth mile without the body on it? Yeah, we did eighth mile without the body, so it was pretty draggy. Still blazed the tires off at 117 miles an hour to the eighth. So, yeah. um, I got. I, I have to think with with decent tires and prep and with the body, we'd be probably 100, 125, 130 in the eighth. Yeah, you right. on road race tires, like like yeah. older road yeah. race tires. Yeah, they're actually the same tires that we ran on all season. So Jeez. we, I've yet to run the car in any real sticky, sticky rubber yet. So yeah. Well, it, with uh, with how much uh, you've changed from just building Honda Civic turbo manifolds to building NSXs to building stuff like this and NSXs, um, 
do uh, do you still uh, do you still have the drive to to uh, to do the hobby, or has it become more of a job for you? Oh, it's it's because it's definitely a job. My hobbies are mountain biking, skiing, um, yeah, hanging out with Sarah and the boys, learning the finer things in life. I mean, you have to do things to pay the bills, obviously, and I do enjoy my work. Yeah. Uh, but I don't see myself owning another Civic or anything anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> that 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 makes me happy and also bums me out a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Now I my you know what I want? I want a nice new GMC truck just to grandpa around in because it's no hassle, no maintenance, quiet, warranty, and everything. Huh? Yeah, I'm not touching the thing. So I'll keep my <laughs> I'll keep my Dodge until that thing rots away to nothing. Because I've, I've I've developed an attachment with that thing. But speaking of which, what was the most horsepower and torque that the thing ever had? You were selling Cummins turbo kits for a while. Yeah, yeah, I was. I mean, we, we still built some crazy custom stuff. We had one of the first triple setups back in 2009. That guy made like 1,600 horsepower and fuel only, which <laughs> took, took until last year to had to do on the the, the, the Cummins forums. But uh, yeah, uh, I ran my my Dodge at uh, 750 something wheel and 1,600 foot pounds, but I did it for for 100,000 miles. Yeah. I had a hundred thousand miles and I retired that and put it back yeah. to stock. So. Yeah. You're pretty much back to stock now, right? Yeah. I'm, um, I mean, I've got a bunch of fuel, all the fuel upgrades are stock, still there. Stock have, power you know. wise though, right? It's still got the 22 and a half on it. Yeah, oh yeah. Still got 22 yeah. And a uh, it's still yeah. probably five, it's still somewhere four fifty five and a horse. I bet just stock turbo. I, I like my exhaust brake. I'm old. You really put a hundred thousand miles on it, making 1600 foot pounds of torque. Yeah. Yeah, if, uh, <laughs> still the same to... trans and in, in diff. Oh no, axles. Oh, okay, no, okay. I was gonna say, I got sick of putting uh, transmissions in it, so that's when I detuned it. Ah. Okay, yeah, it's so ridiculous. Oh. The, the the silly things that that my buddy Cody has done. It's, it's <laughs> you, you were one of the you were one of the first guys that played with the turbo Hyundai's, like the one the Genesis came out. Yeah, I was. Uh, about 10 years ahead of that market. <laughs> Didn't you make like 450 wheel on one of those or something like that? Yeah, I made 400 wheel on mine. I bought it new, cranked it up. Everyone was like, oh, what's an intake? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, people just want to drop in filters on these things, and Cody's putting yeah. giant and track, turbos. And... Tracking the, the snot out of it. And yeah. I ended up sell, yeah. selling out of that thing and got what I owed, so I was happy to get out of that. But, yeah. Uh, you played hey, with S2000s for a while. You had those. Yeah. Those two thousands. That's that's kind of what I guess broke my market into the full turbo kit deal. Um, yeah. And that was again, I track tested the heck out of everything. Yep. Um, uh, and then uh, I sat in an NSX, and once I sat in an NSX, I had to have one. And yeah, yeah. you had you had that light blue one, and that was the only NSX that I ever drove. I drove that around around the paddock a little bit, and up and down the the street at Gingerman, I think. Um, they don't suck. They are not terrible at all. But. No, and they're they're going up in value. They've gone up a, oh, at least a hundred percent, if not one hundred fifty, depending on mileage yeah. in the last five years. Yeah, you were so, into them when they were pretty reasonable too. So yeah, I got into them when they were still kind of pricey, and then they then the, the economy died, everything dropped. Yeah. Um, and then I I ended up getting I've owned three of them in in my day, all of them turbocharged. Um. One of them almost a thousand hours. So, Do, does that hold the uh, the record for the, the highest horsepower V six one or no? Uh, I think legitimately, yeah. 
because of the mod levels and whatnot. Uh, another shop did make a thousand one horsepower, okay. but it was on, it was on a dyno jet, and we ran similar cars. Oh, let me rephrase: that car made less power than uh, another car that I brought that made seven hundred something wheel. So, okay. yeah, I, who knows? Yeah, basically the only way to sell that would be to drag race it, which we never did. So. Yeah. That car still is around, right? Yeah, it's in Michigan. A um, couple named Brian and Judy own it. Um, they refreshed the engine uh, a few years ago through me, and then they had an issue at the track. Never really did figure out what happened. Um, one of the one interesting thing is on uh, disassembly, the first time we refreshed it, um, one of the connecting rods caught on fire. Caught on so, fire? Literally turned into a giant sparkler. Are those magnesium? Uh, titanium. Huh. That's weird. So, um, one of my acquaintances who I sold a car to and just have l- learned to know him over the years, uh, Jim Cantrell, he's one of the early founders or he was involved in SpaceX like in the late 90s. But he's oh, like, oh, yeah, it turned into thermite. He rattled off some crazy mumbo jumbo like, basically it was, wasn't wasn't surprised by it at all no he's like oh yeah that's that makes sense <laughs> they all do that i just told them what what compounds are there motor oil basically it's a combination of carbon uh carbon steel wrist pin in a titanium rod in a sealed environment and then when i cracked it open it turned into basically thermite or tnt if you will but just on a smaller scale oh like when you open the motor up no when i when I popped the rod off to take it off the crank and it had been assembled for seven years at that point. That's when it lit on fire. When I pulled the cap off. Yep. So I, what? I, I cracked the cap, set it on the bench. And then I, by the time I got the rod out and I looked down and like I was burning, like it burnt through my sweatshirt. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I set the rod on the, on the bench, which was a wooden bench. Holy crap. <laughs> and it and it caught the caught the paper towel on fire. So I grabbed it, ran out in the shop, and by then all the, the wrist pin steel had burned away to nothing. So Holy crap, that is so weird. Yeah. I've I didn't get pictures of it, but um some of the guys were there, they saw it. They're like, Oh what what the heck happened? They saw the tail end of it. Oh my gosh, that is so strange. Yeah, wrist pins the name of the podcast right now. <laughs> uh, it was a dowel, dowel pin, not wrist pin. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> but, so uh, weird. Yeah, that was that was one of the craziest engine stories I've had. So huh. chemistry. The other, breaking, the other one was breaking a Cummins block in half. Yeah, I, I remember talking to you about that. Yeah. Yeah. Now when like someone throws too much booze, like. Uh, not enough brains to build uh, as build as I recommended. Uh, basically, what happened. So, I did my job. It it spun six thirty fives at about hundred miles an hour for a few seconds before it blew the fender off the truck after a rod exited. Yeah, that was fun. Out the side of the Cummins motor, the rod went through the fender. That's fun. Yeah, I'd hate to be in the Camry next to that uh, truck <laughs> when 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 that happened. But. No, I'm just lucky that I didn't die on that one because it cut through the brake lines in the front yeah yeah <laughs> when, when when the rods were sawing through things so what, was is it, what is it like driving a truck with that much power it, it, it seems to me like it would be like driving the most uh, the, the strangest thing ever uh well it does 20 miles per gallon 22 it yeah. will haul anything 
and it's as fast as pretty much your fastest sports car. So I don't think there's it's, anything negative about that. I, it just seems like it'd be it'd be undrivable though at that kind of speed. It, it, is it? I don't know. It, it just seems so crazy. Yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's mind blowing. It's, it just you just kind of scratch your head. So, which leads us to kind of led me to our the next project I'm working on with Eric Streeter, which is um, oh yeah, Torxillion, which is still yeah. What's uh, the deal with that? Long. So Torxillion is a NASCAR chassis um that we purchased you can get rolling nascar chassis for like five grand pretty yeah cheap. a camping uh, one of the old x camping yes. world trucks right we should yeah. case swap those yeah. case swap well, all the things that's the theme of the podcast <laughs> for the last year and a half uh they're unfortunately they're they're 1800 pounds as a roller so they're okay. kind of heavy but so we put it we bought a commons and we put one in it built transmission we actually just got the axle last month after waiting on it for a year, so the pictures of that thing are just insane looking. Now, what, yeah. what was what was the story with the chassis? Because I remember at one point, you know, there was a little bit of debate on if you could run it at Pikes Peak because the NASCAR teams, when they build it, they mill out the inside of the tubing, right, to make the wall thickness Correct. thinner. Uh, they make the they make it. Uh, NASCAR regulations are different than Pikes Peak, right? So they require they require like a um, hundred ten thousandth wall thickness. Pikes Peak requires one hundred twenty thousandths. So they NASCAR starts with one hundred twenty thousandths and mills it out mainly to reduce weight. I mean, they could run it at one twenty, be fine, but right. if you cut out fifty pounds out of a truck, it's less ballast you have to add. So, so if we and the, the initial build was to run it at Pikes Peak. Um, so we went through the rags and we'd have to re-gauge the whole truck to run it there. So that mm. may will happen. Uh, that's the eventual goal. I want to bring that back and run that myself because it just sounds like a freaking riot to me. So Yeah, seriously. So sure. kind of what I want to do is get through this year, prove that we can build something that doesn't break and destroy boulders. And then uh, we'll finish the truck. Oh, you know, we'll work on the truck is ongoing. Yeah. Um, we'll finish it, shake it down. It'll be at the track this year in some capacity, and then we'll cool. take it next, next year. So. Cool. That's a uh, that's a wild build. Um, yeah. Well, two thousand foot pounds and three thousand pounds. I mean, that's oh, geez. <laughs> yeah, so that's so much with, torque with arrow because we actually it's going to be getting the entire NV8 floor because it fits. Really? Yeah. The cool. floor fits length width, uh, clears the axle, everything. So really, uh, like the whole under tray and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be making about the same downforce, if not more. Because oh man, why? Because torque. So yeah, you, and that that's uh, that's just two wheel drive with uh, like a a crazy auto trans, right? Correct. Yeah, it's a it's a Dodge transmission. It's built by SunCoast. Um, they're making you know. I don't know, 2,000 horsepower out of the things, so 3,000 foot-pounds. So, But we have it uh, hooked up to a standalone auto controller with paddles, so it's paddle-shifted, just kind of slow. So, But, um, yeah, so, so it's it's pretty wild. So, so you've been yeah, building, that's a very unique build. You've been building a lot of your own aero stuff using carbon fiber now, right? Yeah, that's been one of the things I, I took on. I mean, uh, 2015 was the first year I really messed with carbon. That's mm-hmm. something I've always wanted to learn how to do. So I just kind of dug in to learn myself, watch videos, et cetera, and, uh, and 
slowly mastering things since boy, is there a lot more to learn. Right. Um, yeah. It, uh, it, it seems like you would need a lot bigger operation than you have too. That seems like that takes up so much square feet to do uh, carbon body work. It does. Um, it's basically it's one or the other. I mean, I kind of have a spot that I can, um, lay things out, but if you're building more than one part, yeah, you need, yeah. And basically my operation, I need 5,000 square feet to be comfortable with where yeah, I'm yeah. at. And, and I'm working out of 880. So <laughs> yeah, you, you, you have uh, 10 pounds of stuff in a five pound bag there. Um, yeah, and, a big, and a big backyard full of molds. Yeah. <laughs> you're building pretty nice stuff though. It's not, it doesn't look bad, but thank you. Um, so, in the, in the last, uh, in the last 10 years, is carbon one of the more enjoyable things you've learned to do or, uh, is it just kind of a necessity? Um, it's different. It's all prep. Um, it reminds me of kindergarten. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's arts, it's arts and crafts. I mean, you're cutting cloth and you're playing with glue and, uh, some sticky stuff. It's like paper so, mache. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That that's molds. You're making molds out of sticky stuff. Cody's you, uh, making carbon fiber cards for his mom. <laughs> yes. Uh, I I need to make a toilet seat. That's my goal. <laughs> all, all of this, and that's the the yep. epitome of uh, of carbon for Cody. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, carbon's fun. Just um, really to do what I want to do. Um, you need an autoclave. You need to work with prepreg and all that, and that's that's a big investment that I'm not prepared to make yet. So yeah. you're but, going about as far as you can with what you have with that. So uh, there's a little more to go, um, but yeah, you're I'm, I'm reaching a point where yeah, it's going to take some significant investment. And where I would want to go is it would actually be easier. It would be uh, carbon monocoque chassis. So okay carbon tubs, whatever, whatever, what have you. So, yeah. Well, what's, uh, we, we know what this year's goal is, is to finish Pike's Peak and, and have fun and not, uh, not hate life. Uh, what's the 10 year goal for Cody Loveland? Do you have, uh, do you have that mapped out or no? Uh, not in great detail, but I mean, ideally I'd like to sell NV8s. Um, I think with at least the way things were going with the EPA, I think our industry was doomed. Um, who knows what it's going to do now with, uh, Trump trained in office. Um, so I was kind of looking on another avenue to, for an income and race cars are fine. It's when you start touching street cars that you run into issues. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you're still liable there somehow. So, um, yeah, so I, I guess, you know, carbon fiber aero stuff is always going to be in demand. So there's always that, um, and a few other potential big projects, didn't really talk about yet but lots of exciting things step one is to be to get back into a large shop um yeah. i can actually handle what what i can do again get some good people working for me that we all have room to work is another issue so yeah yeah the business is going up and down as uh economy and uh life and everything for you has changed as far as Correct. square footage as square square footage goes but uh yeah. you're still here so still here still uh paying bills and building cool things yeah yeah well uh where where can people find uh, uh all your all your pictures of crazy things where can people go check them out uh easiest for me to load and update people is social media so facebook um facebook slash love fab and then facebook slash nv8 hypercar um love fab you get an idea of what else i work on um nv8 hypercar is strictly 
the car. Uh, and then I've got, we've got websites too. Um, lovefab.com for all the lovefab fun. Um, lovefabraceteam.com for um, racing specifics. So, and that'll uh, outline the truck and the hypercar. So those are that. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Well, Austin, you got anything else here? I'm going to send this man to bed. It's like 10 o'clock. Yeah, it's getting, a... getting late, but uh, we really appreciate yeah. you coming on the show. I know we've, we've talked about it. I think when, when Adam and I were originally talking about doing the show and running through ideas of people that we could have on, you were on that first set of, of people, uh, yeah, list wise, like, and we're now finally getting around to it. We, we had him on for a few minutes at, uh, at road Atlanta, but that was a bit of a, let's talk to remember. everybody. You know, I don't remember that. It's like midnight and like Waka Flocka had just done burnouts around freaking somebody or been burnouted around by somebody. Yeah, and it that's was loud and it was a music video that you did. Yeah. <sighs> what a weird weekend that was. That's the night Adam yeah. and I yeah. stopped recording at like one or one thirty, and we're like, we should probably go to bed. And then like, Adam <sighs> looked at me and goes, you want to make one more lap around just to, you know, see what's going on? And we did. And three hours later, we went to bed. Yeah, it was like 430. <laughs> we had a driver's meeting at like 730. Uh, so. Yeah, I remember that. That was well, a good time. I, um, I haven't even looked at the schedule. Is good life going back to Road Atlanta? That's the plan. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. It, uh, I just had a conference down. call with uh, with uh, a giant uh, sanctioning body today about Road Atlanta. So, oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, think, things are happening. So, good. Well, I will, we'll be there as long as we still have a car. So, yeah. well, even if you don't, we'll, uh, you're cordially invited, buddy. Well, thank you. Uh, well, I'd like to go take a hot lap there because that, that track is rowdy. We we should probably just put you in slow things for fun, and you can like develop your fancy race cars like at the same time. But like, take about half a dozen laps in like my 180 horsepower car at the same time. Or our promos Toyota Camry. Yeah, or, or minivan or whatever he comes up with. Yes, that's right. Whatever whatever hurts rents him at the time. But yes, now for sure. Now by then the car will be sorted, so I'll be comfortable. And it'll be po- it'll be post race also. So yes, that's right. So. Yeah, awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on, man. It's been uh, fun as always. We've we've had uh, you know we've hung out at the racetrack a lot, but uh, uh, we should do more of these. These are fun. So I agree. I agree. Awesome. Well, good luck with sponsorship and the build, man. Cool. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks, Cody. All right. See you, awesome. Bye. I'm shuffling seats around here. So, um, oh, geez. Sounds like, sounds like you're crank starting a Model T. <laughs> <laughs>